Good morning, good morning. Hey, there we go. How are we all doing today? All right, all right. Good to see you guys here. This is, I know, the beginning of spring break, so a lot of our George Fox students are home visiting family or out just enjoying a little bit of life for their spring break. Thank you so much for joining us there online and here in the room. Again, my name is Pastor Brett. If I've never met you before, or if you're new to Red Hills Church, I'm the Connections Pastor here. I get to oversee our small groups, ministry, and uh, some, of our, some of our Next Steps classes, along with many other things. So I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Uh, today, I'm going to share a little bit more of my story with you guys. I know that I've, when I come up here, that's what I like to do. I like to share a little bit of my life with you. Why? Because the Bible talks about the power of our own testimony. Every one of us in this room has a testimony. We all have our own story. And in that story, there is help for those who are around us. So this morning, before I get into that, I'm going to pray one more time and invite Holy Spirit to help in this service. Father God, thank you so much for what you're doing in us and through us today. God, we're very grateful that, that your Holy Spirit is here in our midst. God, you said where two or more are gathered, you are there in the midst of them. So, Father, I thank you for your help today. Father, I thank you that you empower my words. God, that you empower what I am saying today by your help. God, that it would make a difference in the life of every hearer. God, I pray that we would not just be hearers only, but God, that we would take your word, we would apply it to our lives so that we could be doers of your word. God, thank you that your word produces in our life as we apply it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, we can go ahead and dive into this. If you're taking notes this morning, you can grab your note card and uh, you can take notes on there. But if you've never done this before, you can also take notes on our Bible app. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, you can read along with us and you can also take notes in there. There's a section, just click on events, Red Hills Church in the Newburgh area, and you can take notes on there and you can store them all in one place. I know for me, these cards right here, sometimes they get, they get, stuck in my Bible, or maybe they fall out of the Bible in the back of the car, and then a couple years later, I find my notes, and I'm like, oh, Pastor Aaron, that was really good. I start reading through my notes again, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why, that's why I like to keep all of mine in one place. They, they all stay well organized here, and I'm able to make sure that I can pull them up at the right time. Well, as I said, I'm going to be continuing on in my wife and my story. Uh, we, we heard the word of God in our lives in June of 2016. We were, we were in a time of, of worship and prayer, and, and, and we were listening to what God was doing. And it was as if God highlighted on a map the Portland area. At the time, we lived in Fresno, uh, Fresno, California. That's the Central Valley, for those of you who don't know. And, and as we were praying, as we were seeking God, it was as if he pulled up a map or a globe or whatever you want to say, and he just highlighted the Portland area. It wasn't something that we knew everything about. It wasn't, um, it wasn't that we had every step along the way. We just knew that God was saying something about Portland. So we begin to pray. We begin to ask God, what does this mean? God, you're showing us Portland for a reason. Does this mean we need to pray for Portland? Uh, my wife's grandma lives in Forest Grove, so do we need to pray for grandma? Like, what's, what is going on here? And, uh, and so we continued to seek God. As, as, we, as we walked it out, we, we discovered that God's plan and his purpose for our life was to move here. 
Um, I, as I ran a marathon in, in the summer of that year, I, I got to discover the fact that God wanted me to come out of ministry, which I had been in for nine years at the time, going on 10 years. And God said, I'm going to separate you back unto myself. I want you to step out of full-time ministry for a time, and I, I want to spend some time just me as your father and you as my son. So I, 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 I understood that was part of the process. But one of the main things that I really had to come to grips with was, was a, a principle. And, and you may have heard this principle before. It's called seed, time, and harvest. If you're taking notes, that's that first blank there, seed, time, and harvest, and where that comes from is in Genesis 8:22. It says, "As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease." That's that that that's that's a promise from God, right? So we look at all of these things God set them all up in this world's system and he said these will never cease, seed time and harvest cold and heat. Well, what, why, why am I referencing this? Because we understood that when God's promise came to us, it was like a seed. We knew that there was the seed and then there was the time that it would take that seed to mature. So we started asking God, God, what's your timing in this move in our life? What is your timing in this plan? Because we're, we're starting to get our steps. We're starting to understand more about it. But God, what's the timing of this? It wasn't like, you know, we heard God say Portland and we just packed our bags and said, okay, let's go. We, we, we had to actually bear that out uh, by prayer and by seeking God and saying, okay, God, we understand what your promise is. Now we're starting to understand some of the steps that we need to take. But God, when do we leave? When do we pack our bags? When do we go? And, and, and I think so many times as believers, this is where we can miss it. Um, you see it all throughout the Bible, people missing God's timing. Uh, hello, Abraham. Um, any, anybody read the story of Abraham? When God said, hey, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham said, okay, God, great. Now? No? Now? No? Now? Okay. God, it's been several years. What's going on? Maybe we need to make something happen. And oftentimes as believers, we do this. We get ahead of God's timing because we don't have the patience and the endurance that he's asking from us. And so in, in Abraham's story, what did he do? He made something happen in his own ability that was not God's best plan for him. And, and we wanted to make sure that as believers, we didn't, we didn't follow that same mistake because we knew that that was there for our example. We knew that Abraham's story was there to be an example to us. So we said, okay, God, what's your timing? We continued to pray about that. And, and, and so now that we've got, kind of got this foundation of seed time and harvest, we begin to, we begin to pray it out. And, and I'm going to use the analogy of a seed a lot in my, in my message today. In fact, I, I just went and picked up uh, a, a bunch of material to build our own garden boxes. Anybody, anybody garden in here? Any green thumbs? Any black thumbs? Any black thumbs? You kill everything you talk. Okay, yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to be using this, this idea of seed, time, and harvest as we go throughout the message today. So keep that in mind. In everything that I'm saying, I'm talking about this process of seed, time, and harvest. And as we, as we get into uh, the, 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 the story that, that, that we're going to read later, the parable that we're going to read here in just a few minutes, keep that in the back of your mind. There's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. 
There's always this process. Jesus said this. He said that if you don't understand this process, you won't understand any of the parables that I'm trying to teach you. And we'll read that here in just a few minutes. But as, as, as our own story began to play out, um, January of 2017 rolled around. So we, we had the promise in, in June. Six months later, God finally allowed that seed to kind of break through the surface. All of a sudden, it was time. We heard a message from our pastor at that time, and, and he was talking about God is doing a new thing. And we said, I, I, I think that's it. And, and we prayed about it, and there was confirmation, and we both agreed, my wife and I, that this was God's timing. So we took that to our leadership. We talked to our leadership about it, and, and we had uh, several discussions about why and when and how that was going to happen, and we'll talk more about that later as, as, as I go deeper into the story, but God moved in our life, and, and the time had come, and so we moved to Oregon on March 14th of 2017, and I started my new job as a production foreman on March 20th of 2017, five years ago today. It's, 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 kind of, it's kind of a cool thing, and it, it feels really interesting to be in the pulpit five years from when God moved us here. See, because God said, I'm going to separate you for a season, right? That timing, that timing that we've been talking about. God said, I'm going to pull you out of ministry for a season because I need to do something. I need to cultivate something in your life. And, and seven months after I, I took the production foreman position, I was promoted. And, and the thing that God was growing in our life started to sprout, and it started to grow fruit on it, right? We started, I started seeing financial blessings in my life. My wife and I, we started seeing God just opening doors. And seven months after I, I took that job, I became the plant manager. And, and God started opening doors and bringing increase into our life. And then in 2020, summer of 2020, God called again and he said, okay, now that I've separated you for a season, I, I, it's time for you to step back into ministry. So in the summer of 2020, we answered the call to come back into ministry and I started in 2021 as the campus, uh, as the Connections pastor here at Red Hills Church. So that's, that's a picture of our story and how God's word played out, how it grew throughout that season. But today I want to talk more specifically about our responsibility when it comes to God's word. Because as I, as I was talking you through the story of our life, I was very intentional about talking about about the seed for this reason. We all have a responsibility to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Because we all know that when God's word comes, it, it does the thing that it was, it was intended to do. The, the, the Bible says that when God's word goes out, it, it accomplishes the task that it was sent to do. Why doesn't that happen in everybody's life? We see John 3.16, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the entire world, everybody in the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we see that this, this, this promise from God is for everyone, right? We understand that this promise is for everyone. However, why is it that we look around the world at, in, in our communities and in, in our friends, in our families, and we still see people who don't know Jesus? Why is that? 
because we have a responsibility to do something with the word that is given to us. Whoever believes would not perish but have everlasting life. Every promise in God's word is like that. Every promise in here is a seed. There's over 7,000 promises for your life in this Bible. If you didn't know that, now you know. Start reading through this and you'll start to discover the promises that God has for your life. But those promises will not benefit your life unless you actually allow them to go into the soil of your heart. And that brings us to the text that we're going to get into today. I know I talked about the Bible app a few minutes ago. You can follow along on there. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. And we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. If you'd like to turn there in your Bibles or pull your phones out. This is the main text that I'm going to be speaking on for the rest of the morning. We're going to start in Mark chapter 4 and verse 3. Jesus said this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it, had, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up, it grew, and it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. As we move to verse 13, then Jesus told them, so who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to his disciples, but he's also talking to us here in the room. What does this mean? This means you're not on the outside, you're on the inside today. I want, I want to give you that little, little bit of help because that last verse that we read through, you're going, why, why did he want them to hear but not understand? What, what was this all about? Jesus says to you in the room this morning, listen. To those of you who have ears to hear, listen up. Jesus is telling you the secret to the kingdom of heaven right here. All right? Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Jesus is about ready to, to, to give you the secret to all of his parables right here. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed who fell along the path where the word was sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on the rocky places, hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come and choke the word and make it unfruitful. 
Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. So we, we just got given, this, this right here is the answer key for every parable that Jesus ever told. And you're like, wait, no, he told a lot of different parables. He, he talked about money. He talked about talents being given to people. He talked about all these other things. But Jesus said, this, this is the key. If you don't understand this, then you won't understand any of the others. Why? Because Jesus is referring to seed, time, and harvest. He's, he's referring to the word being given to us as a seed in our life. And what I said a moment ago is so true because we all have a responsibility to that word. We, can, we, we have a saying, right? It's okay to not be okay. You can walk in the doors just as you are with all of your mess and all of your trouble. But our hope is that you would not stay that way. Our hope is that you would come in, you would hear the word of God, and you would be changed because of it. What allows the word to change your life is what you do with what you hear. So as, as, we, as we dive into this, the, the, the first point that I'd like to talk about is we're going to talk about this first type of soil right here. And if you're taking notes, the answer to the first question is the hardened heart. This is the first type of soil that Jesus talks about. The farmer sows the word. And some people are like seed who fell along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So we see this first type of soil. And, and, and I want to make kind of a disclaimer in, in what we're reading through right here. You can find yourself in this type of soil even if you've been a believer for years. Even if you've been coming to church for years, you can find yourself in this type of soil because the truth is, is that you're not just one of these soils. Maybe, maybe in, in the area of your finances, you've been tithing, you've been believing God, and God has been richly blessing your life, and, and your life seems to be prosperous, but maybe in your marriage, you're struggling Maybe you're saying, why, why is my marriage not working the, the way that, that God intended it to? We, we just came through a, a series called Decisions, right? The five most important decisions you'll ever make. And we talked about in, in, in these decisions, our, our faith, our family, our friends, our finances, and our future, right? Right? So if you take those words and you actually allow them to go on the inside, let me talk about this soil really quick. So anybody go hiking? Anybody like to do hiking? I know Hunter does. I, I, you know, I, I, see, I see your Instagram posts. And so, um, so when, when we go out hiking, what do we do? We see paths that are well-traveled, right? A lot of people walk on these paths. And what happens? There's no vegetation growing on the path. Why? Because the soil has been compacted. Every person who walks on that soil makes it a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder. So when the word of God comes to your life, if you are like this person regarding this, the word of God, if you're hard, what are you doing? That means you're resisting what the word of God is saying. So maybe, like I said, you're, you're believing in the area of your finances and your fertile soil. You're allowing God's word to go in and penetrate your heart and you're believing in your finances. But when God starts talking about husbands lay down your lives for your wife, you say, wait, wait, she has to submit first. 
I, I, heard, I heard pastor say this the other day, and he said, this is really hard for some people. They, they don't like this verse, but this is the truth, is that you cannot control what the other person does. You only control what you do. But if you resisted that word, if you held it off at a distance and said, wait, pastor, I'm not going to do that yet because she needs to do something first, what are you doing? You're resisting the word. You're not allowing it to go down uh, into the soil of your heart. And when you resist it, what happens? We, we see that as soon as they hear the word, Satan comes and takes the word that was sown in them away. Okay, so what happens when we resist the word? This, this first soil is two parts. Not only does it not penetrate our heart, but immediately the enemy comes in and goes, yep, see, she did it again. And now you have, you, you feel validated in your anger towards your wife and you're going, oh yeah, but see, see God, I would lay down my wife, but, and then the enemy comes in and he steals that word away. And what happens? It never begins to get down onto the inside of you. It never bears fruit in your life. In our, in our story, why did I tell the story in the beginning? Because I want you to know how God's word worked in our life. But if we had taken that word about Portland and we had said, okay, God, you want us to pray for Portland. That's, that's, that's all we need to do. We're just going to pray for Portland and we're going to move on. If we would have resisted it and said that word wasn't really for us to move here. It was just God wanting us to think about it for a moment and then we can move on with our life. If we would have resisted the word, the enemy could have come in and stolen that away from us and we would not be where we are today. But what did we do? We allowed the seed to go a little deeper onto the inside of who we were. And we moved past this first soil. So I'm encouraging you today, don't resist what I'm saying. Don't resist the word of God. Because if you do, the enemy will come and steal it away so quickly. Okay? So let's move on to the second soil. Let's take a look at this second soil. It's called the shallow heart. Um, if, you, if you hadn't caught on yet, our heart is the soil. The soil where the word is sown is our heart. It's our life. It's, it's the place where we meditate. It's the place where when you're going to sleep at night and all of the thoughts are running through your head, those things that you're focusing on, they're getting down onto the inside of you. Those things that you're focusing and meditating on, it's getting down into the soil of your heart. Are you allowing God's word to get in there or are you allowing all of these other things? We'll talk about that in a few. The shallow heart. Uh, this, this, heart, this, this heart is interesting. Others are like seeds sown among the rocky places. In the original parable, he said, this is shallow soil. Uh, we, we, all, we all live in a valley where there's a lot of clay, right? That clay soil doesn't make for good crops. What happens is the seed lands on the top, and, it's, and it's, it, the, the roots go down really quick, but the moment it starts to dry up, those roots can't go any deeper. They get stopped. Okay, let's, let's, let's carry on. I won't get, I'll try not to get off track here. It says, they, um, sown in the rocky places, they hear the word and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. I want to talk about this soil for, for a minute. I talked about this soil at length back in November when I was talking about anchor in the storm. What happens when God gives you a word, God gives you a promise, 
and it takes longer than you expected it to take, or hardship comes into your life and you don't understand why it's there, you, you, you start getting offended with God. See, these are the people that are, they, they accept it quickly with joy. But what happens? They also get offended easily. These are the people who react very emotionally to, to situations in their life instead of grounding themselves on the word of God. These people, when the seed comes, they get so excited about it, right? And, and you, may, you may have seen people like this. They, they show up, they give their life to Jesus, and they, they say the prayer, and God does a miracle in their life. They immediately jump in and they start serving and they're like, man, they're everywhere. Every time the doors of the church are open and they're excited and they're there, they're like, woohoo, let's do it. And then something happens in their life and instead of pressing into God's presence and believing God to make it through it, they get mad because their life isn't all sunshine and daisies the way they thought it was going to be when they gave it to Jesus. And, and, And because of their offense with God, Because they say, God, my life is not supposed to be this hard. They fall away. They think, oh, God God doesn't promise all of those things because if he did, my life wouldn't look the way it does. If you allow the word to wither in your life because you don't allow it to go deep, then it produces absolutely nothing. And, and, and this may be what it looks like for some. I was talking about the, the finances and the marriage earlier, right? So maybe the people in their finances, they've been tithing for a little while, and then all of a sudden they get laid off from work, and they're like, well, I, I just can't afford to tithe anymore because I don't have a job. <laughs> I've heard Pastor Aaron say this I don't know how many times. You can't afford not to tithe. Why? Not because God needs your money. God will fund his gospel. Trust me on that. We don't need your money. You need to tithe because it positions your heart. And what does it do? It starts breaking up that clay soil and allowing the word to go deeper onto the inside. That way, when you lose the job, you're not dependent on the job. You say, okay, God, this job's gone. What do you got next for me? And you get excited about what God can do in this new season of your life. And as you start digging in, then you become the next soil. Let's, let's go on to the next soil. We're going to look at a soil. Whoop! There goes my notes. Those guys just shot right off there. The next soil is the thorny heart, okay? And this one is the one that has received God's word. Let's, 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 take, let's take a look at this. Still others are like seed sown among thorns. They hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and they choke out the word, making it unfruitful. I've been learning a lot about gardening over, over the, the past couple weeks and, and, and I think a little over a month now. And one of the things that we just learned about is invasive species of, of plants that come in. And what, what do they do? They start sucking all the nutrients out of the soil. All of, all of these you know, little clovers that are growing up next to your garden, what are they doing? They're taking all the nitrogen out of the soil so that when your plants come up, they, they don't grow real green. And, and then they also start sucking all the water out of the soil. So you go out there and you water, and it's like all the weeds soak up all the water, and your plants are left sitting there going, I'm thirsty. Help. 
And sometimes the word of God, it lands in our life and it's fertile soil. And we press past the hard times of life, right? When the trouble comes, we get excited that God's going to help us get through the trouble, right? And, and then God starts producing something in your life. In our story, it kind of looked like this. We, we, we made it through some adversity. We had trouble hit our lives in September of that, that year when we received the word. And I won't talk much about those right now, but it, it, was, it was earth shattering to us. It shook our foundations. It shook our life. And we could have allowed that to steal the word. That would have made us the second soil. But instead of that, we pressed through the hard times and allowed God to be the anchor for our soul. And what happened? All of a sudden, the flower or the, the little buds shoots up through the soil. It's January. God is doing something, and we feel God on the move. We're like, yeah, all right, God, do it. Do it. Do your thing. And, and we're so excited about what God wants to do. And, and we took it to our leadership, and the leadership challenged me. And they said, we believe that you hear God for yourself. We absolutely believe that you have the ability to hear God's voice in your life. However, how many of you guys like that word, however? <laughs> Our leadership said, however, we want to let you know what we had next for you. And, and they said, we, the thing that you've been training for for 10 years we were about to promote you to that. We, we were going we to make you the campus pastor. We were going we to make you the guy, right? The, the one that, that, that's making a difference for the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here going, wait a second. God, you told me that we're supposed to go, but they're telling me that, that they're going to offer me the thing that I've been training for for 10 years. How do I get past this, God? What happened? The weeds in my life had grown up and there was something called the pride of life that I had to grab by the roots and pull out. And we all have that choice to make. Sometimes God asks you to do something and it goes against what you've been working for for years and you go, God, but why would you ask me to give that up? God says, because it wasn't yours in the first place. If you would give it to me, and allow me to have lordship in your life, then I will bless you no matter what. <laughs> and God did that for us. God, when, when we grabbed that, that weed and we pulled with everything we had in us, and I said, okay, God, I'll be Abraham. I'll leave the land I know, and I will go to the place that is foreign to me because you said to go. And I don't know everything that's going to happen, but God, I'm going to go anyways. Then we, then we moved here to Oregon, and guess what happened? God blessed our lives, and our life began to bloom, and it began to blossom. And, and, and what happened? We're getting ready to bear fruit. God's, God's bringing things into our life. And then God asked me, okay, now I need you to drop that thing that looks like it's bearing fruit. <laughs> this is the thing about weeds, is they do come back. In your life, God will constantly challenge your heart for him. Because if you can honor the one who sowed the word in the first place, then it doesn't matter what, it, what looks like it's bearing fruit. If you stay connected, Jesus said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Anyone who remains in me will bear much fruit. 
But in order to remain in Jesus, sometimes we got to do the hard thing and we got to prune some stuff out of our life. Or in this example, you got to pull the weeds up so that it doesn't ruin the fruitfulness of your own life. And so all of the things and, and, and the security and the, you know, I've got, I've got a baby that, that was, you know, my wife was pregnant at the time. And they say, we want you to come back into ministry. And I said, yeah. Yeah, you hear the uncertainty in that? It's kind of like, I want to say yay, but I, I didn't quite get to the last why. I was like, okay, oh, but God, you, you're asking me to do this. You're really asking me to do this. Yes, son, trust me. Okay. Okay, God, I will trust you. And we all have this choice to make where we don't allow the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the worries of other things. We don't, we don't allow those to choke out the word of God because if God says to do it, he's got a plan to finish it. Okay? I need you to hear that this morning. If God tells you to do something, don't be afraid. Yes, you can be nervous, but don't be afraid. Because <laughs> I was, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, I've been in, I, I was in ministry for 10 years. I know what that looks like, God. You want me to go back to that? Yes, okay. Yes, sir. Here I am. Sign me up. So we come back into ministry, and, and had I held on to that, again, it would have been the pride of life. So we said yes to ministry, and we allowed God to continue to work in our life. And what did that make us? That made us the last soil. This morning, I'm going to talk about the good soil. This is the soil type in your life that when God blesses you, it keeps on multiplying. Let's, let's, let's talk about this really quick. Let's read what the Bible has to say about this last soil. Others are like seeds sown on good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. How, how does God begin to multiply things in your life? The more seed you allow him to plant... Because what happens to a seed when it gets planted? Ultimately, that seed dies to bear some more fruit, right? But if we take all of the blessings and all of the things that God is doing in our life and we eat the seed, then it doesn't bear any more fruit in our life. This last type of soil is the soil that is completely submitted to God. What is another word for that? Faithful. When you become faithful to be a doer of the word of God in your life, what happens? Then you become like another parable that Jesus talked about. He said there was a wise man who built his house upon a rock, and there was a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I won't go into the entire story. There's a, there's a lot in it, but I'm not preaching on that today. Suffice to say, at the end... What happens? A storm comes, the wise man's house is still standing, the foolish man's house is brought to ruin and his life along with it. And Jesus gave us the, the interpretation of this parable and he said, the wise man is the one who takes my word and he does it. When you do the word in your life, yeah, trouble may come. When you do the word, yeah, the cares of this world will pop up. All of the weeds of life are going to start springing up in your life. 
But if you will be faithful to pull those weeds and say, God, whatever you're asking, I will do it. Then what will happen? Your life will begin to multiply. And my story that God has done amazing things in my life does not just become my story. Now it can become somebody else's story. Because I lay my life down and I say, okay, let me open up to all of you here and let you know exactly what God did in me. Why is that so important? So that somebody else has hope that God can do the same thing in their life. This is why, this is why tribes are so, so critical in your life. Because you move from a room like this where I don't get much feedback, you know, or, or maybe, maybe online, maybe you're not typing in your answers and, and saying, oh yeah, amen, pastor, or anything like that. And if I don't get the feedback in here, that's fine. But does it do anything for you? Because I can preach exactly what God has put on my heart, but if you don't take it and apply it to your life, then it does you no good. And when you're in a tribe, what happens? We get together, we talk about the word of God. Yeah, yeah, we, we talk about the word of God and what it can do in our life. And in those moments where we discuss God's word and how it applies to us, then we become better because of it. God's word begins to produce in our lives. So this morning, I'm going to give us all a moment to reflect. If you would, just go ahead and bow your head, close your eyes. Father, we're so grateful for your word. God, we're so grateful that it has the power in our life to transform who we are. Father, your word, you said it's so powerful, it's able to separate what is your spirit and what is our flesh. And even though the process is uncomfortable, God, when we receive your word, when we allow it to go deep, when we allow it to break through the soil in our life, and we meditate on it, and we remember it, God, your word begins to produce something. Something that doesn't just stop here. It doesn't stop in the four walls of this building, but it allows us to become the church and be a hope to a lost and a dying generation. I told you I'd give you a moment to reflect, and I've been talking all through that moment, but I want, I want you to consider what your life looks like. If you've got some areas of soil that, are, that need to be broken up, that need to be tilled, and you want to become like the man who built his house upon the rock, and you want to be a doer of the word of God, I just want you to say yes inwardly. You don't have to raise a hand in here today. But I know that God is speaking to some people in here. I know that God wants to do something new in your life. And if you need that, I just want you to accept it and receive it this morning. We're going to sing a song here in a moment talking about how we build our life. And, and this morning, I'm, I'm not doing an altar call. I'm not doing this, this, this moment where I'm asking you to stick a hand in the air. Why? Because I want you to reflect on what God has done in your life. I want you to simply think about, God, where do I need to change? God, where do I need to take your word and apply it to my life and allow it to change me? And the truth is this, that maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe you've never even made Jesus the Lord of your life. You can do that right now.
In Romans, it says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. And guess what? This is one of those seeds that does not take a lot of time to grow. Immediately, the seed will go to work in your life, and God says that he does a miracle. He recreates you from the inside out. So while we're singing this song, while we're reflecting, if that's you, simply pray that prayer. Say, God, I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior, and I believe that I can be saved because he died on a cross for me to forgive me of all of my sins.